that music down. Whoa, that's a little too low there. Uh, yo, hey, what's up, everybody? This is Francisco, Andrew, and Charles once again for another edition of Sports Goofs, and uh, welcome, everybody. It's 53. I don't know any famous 53s in sports, but... Uh, Bobby Abreu? Maybe. Did he wear up number 53? He might have. I guess. Player we can remember to forget. Uh, hey, and, hey, he's a legend. <laughs> anyway, for the show. For that home run derby, yeah. Uh, anyway, for the show today, folks, uh, we have uh, WWE Day of Reckoning 2 on in the background. Oof, Bobby Abreu did wear number 53. Nice. Yeah, Day of Reckoning 2 for the Nintendo GameCube. And uh, let's see, we've got a, uh, I'll set up, actually, before we start, I want to set up a computer match in the background. But Charles, you get to choose who who's so playing. So let's see who's on this roster. So Day of Reckoning 2, when was this? It was a like GameCube exclusive. I think it was 2007? Uh, maybe. Well, let's see. Let's see the, let's take a look at the roster here. So we'll do just a normal. No, 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 actually, no, 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 no. You got to go. F- okay, go ahead. Choose, choose the match, uh, Andrew. Charles, what is an Iron Man match? So basically, an Iron Man match is whoever gets the most pinfalls during the match wins, and they could be for a set period of time. Mostly known for the excellent, I think, WrestleMania 12. Oh, is that the one where Brett Cena the and, and uh, Orton beat the crap out of each other? That's another one, too, yes. <laughs> uh, let's do a steel cage match. What the hell? All right, so let's, let's have some fun there. Raw or SmackDown, doesn't matter, right? Smackdown. Yeah, no, yeah. All right, Smackdown. All right, Charles. Let's see the. Hold on, let's put that. Let's see the roster. We got Batista, Big Show, uh, Booker T, Carlito. All right. So, Chavo. let's see. The first, the first rule about Chavo. cage matches, as you're looking through and I'm seeing, is that you want to make it a good blood feud. You don't just put basic guys in there. <laughs> Whoa, we don't mention that guy's name anymore. Uh. For those who don't know, Chris Benoit has been blacklisted from the WWE. Really? Why? Do you know? Uh, let's not talk oh, about a... that. Oh, really? I'll, I'll tell mm-hmm. you after the show. Oh, okay. Never, I thought that was Learn a Goof session right there. <laughs> it, or, it is, but it's it Learn a Goof. But it's, it's not for a Sports Goofs <laughs> Dark session. <laughs> sports Goofs After Dark, baby. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Only after midnight. All right. So we'll do. I saw JBL. Yeah. We're going to pop JBL in there. Okay. Because I'm going to relive a feud he actually had. All right, so let's uh, blah, 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 JBL, John Cena, Kane. Let's keep going here. Hmm. Let's see. Go further down. Wow, Kenzo Suzuki. Wrestler, I remember, forget. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should do a wrestler to forget every now and then. I, I, we can I mean, actually listen, put in that, that, in that segment. That, that, I don't have, have one ready for this episode, so we could do that. Let's do that. All right. And in honor of this man's birthday, even though I was going to go for a feud, we're going to go Ric Flair. Really? Okay. Today is his 31st birthday. All right. Actually, let's switch up. No JBL. Okay. I definitely want Ric Flair because I saw some names. Okay. No JBL. So Ric Flair on one side. All right. Let's 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 keep going down past Ric Flair. Uh, you, you changed oh. Rey Mysterio. There we go. Okay. So Rey Mysterio, Rob Van Dam. Keep going. Shawn Michaels, Shelton Benjamin, okay. Snitsky. Okay. Eugene Tisney, a wrestler we remember, forget for sure. The Hurricanes um, the for hurricane. Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Triple H, Undertaker, William Regal, 
and then we get and the then we're into the all right so we're gonna go we're gonna do Shawn michaels because Shawn michaels is the man who retired rick flair from wwe ah, in reaction one. okay so it only feels appropriate that we do this not 30 minutes yeah, we'll, yeah, thirty minutes. Let's do thirty minutes because it's going to be playing in the yeah. background. So let's... and it could be done. It could be done shorter, probably. <laughs> okay, so we're going to have that in the background. However, we would like to, uh, I guess, start with the NHL because some fun things have happened. NHL trade deadline. We'll get to that, but. We would like to start with our a plan. We've had this plan for like the last two weeks, goalie discussion, because we wanted to learn a goof, Charles, here on some more uh, Canadian hockey action here. But something happened this weekend that kind of turned, that not made that a necessity to do the goalie learn a goof this week, and that is David Ayers. So if you guys remember on our Facebook chat, I, in all capital letters, screamed at you guys that an emergency goalie is coming into the game for the Hurricanes. I was actually at an FIU baseball game when that text came, when that message came in, and immediately I forgot all about the FIU game, <laughs> immediately found a stream on my phone, uh, I think it was the, the uh sports na- uh, not sports sportsnet na- sportsnet stream mm-hmm. and uh started watching of course i didn't get a chance to see him actually do awesome i only saw the two goals that he let in yeah the, okay so and by the way sp- speaking of college baseball there was a good series between the canes and the and the gators boo uh because their number one are the canes and number two are the gators in college baseball and that just happened this past weekend so it was actually sold out crowd for all three games here in Miami. So baseball can work down here, by the way. <laughs> and our Lord and Savior, and we'll get to that in the second half of the show. Our Lord and Savior in front of the show, Derek Jeter, is going to make <coughs> things happen down here. Uh, anyways, uh, Andrew is looking at the TV screen and having a very good time with this wrestling video game from 2006 or whatever. I'm not even sure. <laughs> um Shawn Michaels is all like grinding on the on the rope there. <laughs> He's just a sexy boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right, getting back to this. So David Ayers uh, gets into the game as the emergency backup goalie for the Carolina Hurricanes in Toronto facing the Maple Leafs. But we have to explain why, well, aside from the fact that it's an emergency backup goalie, why it is so interesting okay so charles the nhl is weird if you haven't noticed like they do funny canadian things and we love them for that so the nhl has certain instances where any old random schmo can dictate the outcome of a game you can have an, any old random schmo be a referee. There is a rule for that. And if you, on SB Nation, there's a weird rules episode about it. And any schmo could potentially be the backup goalie of an NHL team. So what happened here was the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, two goalies, uh, th- their backup goalie is supposed to play that night. So this was the second night of back-to-back uh, game uh, road trip for the Hurricanes. So they were in Toronto facing the Maple Leafs. Their number one starter, Morazic, um, he was going for the Canes. Um, and 
because their backup goalie, their normal backup goalie, was injured, they had to use an emergency backup goalie to come in because there was not enough time for them to bring up uh, a goalie from their American Hockey League minor league team. So David Ayers, who I, I found this out, he's not the Zamboni driver for the Toronto Marlies. He used to be. He's currently the operations manager for the Maple Leaf Garden, which is the Leafs' old home and where I think uh, a university hockey team plays now. So he manages the ice rink over there. But uh, he's done back, he's done like practice sessions with the Toronto Marlies, which is the Maple Leafs minor league team. He's done some with the Maple Leafs themselves, but it's been a while. So uh, he, he's the backup goalie for that night. And somebody from the Leafs comes up to him and is like, hey, you're going to have to suit up because uh, uh, the, the, there's no other goalie for the Hurricanes. He's like, okay. So he's the backup goalie for both teams, by the way, uh, just in case. So he suits up, and he's on the bench. Well, we, we also need to explain just a bit about the backup rule. Okay. So every National Hockey League arena needs to have present one person who will serve as the emergency backup goalie, or e-bug, as it is abbreviated. This person will serve as the backup goalie in case either team is out of goalies due to injury or what have you. Uh, so he could have been for the road team or for the home team, regardless. In this case, for the road team, the Carolina Hurricanes. But the, the big thing about this was that he came into, like, he came into the game. And not only did he come into the game, he came into the game with more than half the game left to go. Now, Andrew, the history of emergency backup goalies getting into the game is very, actually, very recently that it's started to happen. But there's only been three now in NHL history. Uh, well, I know one of them was Scott so, something. Right. The first one was the, I guess, the equipment manager or somebody for the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm. And he actually got into the game for like the last minute of like a blowout game that they were losing. But they just let him have his moment. Right to actually become an official National Hockey League player, but then in 2018 was Scott Foster for the Chicago Blackhawks. Was it 2018? I thought it was earlier. It, no, 2018. Okay, at least the 2017-18 season, at least. Gotcha. And so Scott Foster uh, got into the last 10 minutes of the third period of a six to two game between the Blackhawks and the Winnipeg Jets, and he went perfect. He he pitched a shutout essentially. Uh, he, had, he had seven saves and preserved the lead for the Blackhawks, and he was the first star of the game. But this, this was a goalie, a emergency backup goalie, a Joe Schmo. Who's 42 years old. 42 years old, who comes into the game with more than half the game left. Meaning, he is going to be the, the uh, I was going to say attorney record. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> uh, stupid work. Uh, the goalie of record. And his name would be tied to whatever the outcome of the game would be. And Andrew, you, uh, you said that you were at the FIU game. It didn't start off so well, did it? Nah, he... He let in well. One of them I can't really blame. I know, one, uh, yeah. Pat McAfee said that he too let in two eh goals. 
one of them I can't really fault him for right. because one of the guys was injured and was useless basically. Right. He was like holding his wrist. He got injured. Um, so I, it was I, a five on four. So you can't really fault him. Exactly. You can't, you can't even really fault a normal, uh, a normal, a professional making millions of dollars goalie for that sort of situation, let alone a 42 year old who hasn't played in like ever. Um, at least not in a professional sense. Right. Um, the other one, he came really close to stopping. Right. It just, it slipped right under, it slipped right under his, his pad. Yeah. So, but, because at that point, the Canes went up, it was four to one, uh, because he came into the game and it was three to one. Canes got a goal, but then he gave up two goals on the first two shots that he saw. And then luckily... Uh, the 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 period ended, and so they go into the to, to the second intermission into the locker room. He's like the players are trying to cheer him up, tell him, "Hey, it's okay, you know, have fun with this. This is your moment, and just just go out there and play." And he promised the guys, "Like, like I'll settle down. Don't worry, you know, I'm just I'll just, I'll settle down." And he comes out. It's four to three into the third period. And I'll tell you this, the Carolina Hurricanes, they absolutely hit another gear. Those bunch of jerks. <laughs> fan, like, they hit another gear defensively and offensively. Like They were playing for him. Exactly. Like, They're like, we're not going to let this guy down. So they would intercept any pass the Leafs would do. They were smothering the Leafs on defense at the blue line. They only allowed eight shots on net for that period. Ridiculous. It's, it's pretty darn low. Uh, you get probably on average 30, 35 shots per game. That's pretty much a good night for, 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 for a team offensively. So you can expect like 10 to 12 shots a period. Exactly. So the, the Canes made him see less than double digits of shots, and he saved all of them. So the shots that he did see, he actually stopped them. The Leafs completely – and the Leafs have been doing bad as of late, really bad, both them and the Florida Panthers. I don't want to get into it, but <laughs> neither of them wants that last playoff spot in their division. Either way, they are doing awful. And this is fantastic for everybody that hates the Leafs, which is mostly everybody uh, with regards to losing this game. Anyways – the Canes score two more goals. Game ends six to three. David Ayers is a freaking hero now. And the significance of this, so his wife came to the game because, hey, my husband's going to actually be backing up in this game. Usually the backup goalie, especially if both goalies are healthy, they're like sitting in a press box. Just, you know, they have their equipment, but they're not down there. They're not even suited up. But here he actually had to suit up and sit on the bench. I mean, like Francisco mentioned, there have only been three e-bug usages in probably, what, close to five or six years since this became a mandate? Yeah, since the rule became mandated. So it's like a probably it's I can guarantee it's less than a one percent chance right. or one percent of games that it's, an e-bug would come in. It's very rare, especially for, because usually if one goaltender does go down. 
between uh, um, between games at least, they'll call up their goalie from the the, the minor league team to, to fill in, especially if the minor league team is pretty close. But in this case, um, I don't know who the Canes minor league affiliate is. I think it's the, the Charlotte Checkers. The Charlotte Checkers. So that's far away from Toronto. And so the um, so he he's a hero. And the, it was so funny watching him because he had the Canes jersey on, but his pads and his <laughs> his his uh, actual hockey pants and his and helmet, his mask. his mask exactly, were all Maple Leafs colors, and his had like the Toronto Marlies logo on the mask. So he was not matching at all. In fact, they made him change his pants at least entering the third period to at least have the red pants and that might have been what what had done it maybe the, <laughs> maybe the Leafs looked at him wearing blue and they're like oh this is just like practice and then he put on the red he's like holy crap he looks like a professional goalie now and so his wife goes to the game and his wife on Twitter when he he's, he has to come into the game she she writes F me <laughs> in capital letters and you know, afterwards, she's ecstatic. She's like, I, I got to see like my my human, my favorite human in the world, live out his ultimate dream, and that's touching. And there was the other thing: he's a kidney transplant uh, sur- survivor, I guess. A while ago, not not recent. Two thousand and four is when he had it, and he thought he was un- he wasn't going to play hockey again. Because he, you know, you got to be really careful with that. But he's worked his way through to at least be a a practice goalie and such. And and look at this, he makes it to the NHL. He got credited with the win, so he is the first ever. Because Scott Foster didn't get credit for the win, he's the first ever backup goalie to get a victory in the <laughs> NHL. He's also because he's 42 years old, the oldest player to. Uh, his victory, uh, he's the oldest player to ever get his first victory or whatever <laughs> at that age, whatever. The oldest victory, I guess, whatever, what have you. Or the oldest rookie, if you could say, too. Rookie goaltender. Um, he did, He actually didn't get paid for it. He's supposed to get paid 500 bucks, but. Rip uh, off. Something. Yeah. Or but. 500 funny Canadian dollars. But let me let me say this, though. The Carolina Hurricanes, ever the very, I don't know what the word is, but... Classy? Not so, class... Uh, savvy? Yeah, savvy. Ever the savvy business franchise. Basically, like, the second that the game was over, they instantly released a t-shirt. A shirtsy. A shirt, a shirtsy. Uh, or shirtsy. With the the away look, you know, white shirt with the, the, the canes, canes and then his name and number on the back. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as they saw that first, everyone was like, Oh my God, I need this. I think they've had over 3000 orders, um, since Saturday. Right. And then immediately after that, they were, everyone was saying, please give the proceeds, the royalties to this guy. Well, well actually they, and they, they came up to him to ask him about it. And they, they're ending up splitting it between him and a kidney foundation. Right. He actually, Yeah, kidney foundation. I think another charity somewhere in the Raleigh, uh, North Carolina area. Which, so, like, kudos to him. Kudos right. to the Hurricanes because 
you know, he's no millionaire or anything like these guys. But they've treated him like, I don't know, he's Carolina royalty. Right. You know, he's he's getting treated better than Cam Newton at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, I want the Lightning so bad to win the Cup, but if they don't, the Hurricanes need to win the Cup. And he needs to get a ring. And he, he needs, needs to get a, to get a he ring. He needs to get a ring. That. I know he's not going to get his name on the cup, but he needs to get a ring at least because he got one victory, um, and that's two points. And Although I would love it if the Hurricanes could somehow find like a loophole or whatever to get him on. Well, I think I think uh, there is some. I think there's like like you can have one extra person there as an exception to the normal rules to get your name on the cup, like the owner, general manager, and stuff. So I think Dale Talon is on the Blackhawks Stanley Cup team, even though he wasn't on the team at that point. Right. They still put his name there because he basically drafted and built that team. Mm-hmm. So he got his name on the cup for that exception. So like, maybe. If maybe. they if they end up steamrolling the rest of the Eastern Conference all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, he needs to be on the Stanley Cup. I'm telling you right now. Or he at least needs to drop the first puck or something in game yeah. one. Dundon, Dundon, yeah, Dundon, you killed the AAF in part. Please make it right and put – it's more complicated than that. <laughs> and now there's AAF fans who are, like, getting beef with XFL fans right now, <laughs> which is so ridiculous. But Dundon put his name on the cup. He yeah. needs to be there. So um, he so now David Ayers is on this publicity tour. He's been on Colbert. Stephen Colbert. He's been talking to Dan Lebatar, Dan Patrick. Uh, it's, uh, he's been on, of course, all over Canadian uh, television, TSN, and all that stuff. He was on Good Morning America, uh, I think today, or on Today, whatever. Um, and yeah, he's been on Colbert, and he—I mean, he's just—he's living the dream. His goalie stick, by the way, is now in the Hockey Hall of Fame. That's that's an earth. So now he's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you see, that is so amazing. If you look at a hockey reference right now, look up David Ayers. There it is. 1-0. 1-0. There he is with his uh, Sabres. He's officially a National Hockey League player at least one time in his life. and Which is like it's it's every kid's dream, let's be honest. To, to, yeah, to make it into professional sport. I mean, gosh darn it. I mean, we feel good for even covering the sports that we do as media, you know? Um, like just like being around that thing. Imagine actually getting into it. By like I, we were, the three of us were getting aw- on the ice at the Panthers game. Uh, like the it. three of us, the three of us were <laughs> awestruck when we got to go on the uh, go on the ice at the BB and T Center. Exactly, and, and I, I could, on a show for the masses. I couldn't even imagine <laughs> what it would be like to be on the not just on the ice playing more than half of playing any amount of time and then to end up playing half the game more than half the game getting the win it's like that's something that deserves to be a 30 for 30 okay so or at least one of those mini short ones that they've been making lately um okay okay uh clown missioner rob manfred of major league baseball here's an idea you want to get fans into the game don't change the playoff format punish the Astros do that at least uh, take away that championship but here's another thing have have something like the e-bug I don't know okay like 
you know how some major league baseball games you know go into extra innings and they start running out of players how about have like 10 designated fans just choose oh, 10 <laughs> random fans that stick around for that game and if they if they are out of pitchers okay we're just gonna have to get some people from the crowd they they should do that okay um the nfl if you run out of kickers because there's only really two kickers on the team you have to you have to have an uh was it an e-buck or what have you an emergency backup kicker have that or emergency backup quarterback <laughs> that would be so fun uh I mean, to be fair, I'm pretty sure the three of us can kind of throw better than at least one or two. Granted, I can't see over those linemen. Unless uh, I'm Baker Mayfield being uh, called uh, a effing midget. But I feel like the emergency backup kicker would be funnier. Because, you know, people oh, yeah. are always so critical on the kickers. Okay, let's see how easy it is for you guys and just have random fans <laughs> suiting up and trying to make it through the upright. All right, hit it 50 yards. Let's see what you got. Um... So yeah, uh, Rob Madford, just start pulling people from the crowd at like 16th inning, White Sox versus Orioles. There's 10 people watching the game anyways. Uh, just they, they run out of pitchers. They run out of position players. Go for it. Go ahead. Um, or here's the caveat. The National League doesn't have the designated hitter. Just have a random fan be the designated <laughs> hitter now. Just one random fan. Anybody. They have to be 18 years or older, male or female. Get into the game right there. <laughs> and it actually might do better than a pitcher at least. Or at least it would be more interesting than a pitcher hitting. Um, so that's the so that's David Ayers. We we're we've said enough about it. I mean you can just go watch it. He's having his media tour. It's one of the most wholesome stories. I I I'm assuming it's gonna be like at the SBs, uh that that type of thing. And yeah. So and the cage match between um, David Ayers and Scott Foster in the future. <laughs> well, I, I posted this in uh, in our chat um, that who was it, Charles? Which one? We had a few. The, 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 the chat's kind of the wrestler. Uh, hold on. Come on. Uh, Kevin Owens. Okay. Oh, yes. Yes. I saw his tweet. Yeah. Um, Kevin Owens. He's partner. gonna be up in Toronto for a show, and he said a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. So, I mean, that would be perfect to to bring him because he said he has to do a tag team match, mm-hmm. and he kind of hinted that right. his partner may not be well enough to do it. <laughs> um, well, ironically. That partner got suspended for a wellness violation. So, <laughs> but listen, I'll, I'll tell you now, Vince McMahon loves that cross-brand propriety. Yeah. So that would know. be perfect. He's yeah, on especially it. in Canada. It, in yeah, Toronto. But also, Vince is happened. hated in Canada. I mean, it's though. probably at uh, Scotia Bank Arena now, not Air Canada Center. But yeah, that would be remember, perfect. Vince is not person non grata in, in Toronto, though. I'll give you guys a learner goof of why. Or mm, Canada itself. Okay. Oh, boy. Well, yeah. speaking of learner goof. It, this is the goalie centric episode. So we shall. So we've covered the emergency backup goalie. 
and let's uh, let's move forward. So I'm going to take like a little bit of lead on this because I'm the goalie fan of what is Ric Flair doing? Anyway, uh, <laughs> he was like on his knees begging or something. Um, that's called a heel move. Okay, he's kind of being a cowardly heel. Don't worry, I will educate him. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Honestly, we should just have him doing play-by-play of this match, like we're like we're watching an actual episode. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so don't give me hope. Anyway, um, so since I'm like a big goalie aficionado, um, I'm gonna take a little bit of lead on this segment, but Francisco is gonna be like just as much as well. So anyway little bit of a history learn a goof of NHL goaltenders uh, they used to have like very little padding they wore like cricket pads or whatever um, very minimal uh, protection and no masks obviously uh, first uh, goaltender to... you took it to the face like a man right um, first uh... oh switch in music <laughs> sorry <laughs> Um, so first, uh, first goalie to use a mask of any sort was Clint Benedict in 1930 for the Montreal Maroons. No relation to the Canadians. There used to be two teams in Montreal. Um, he only used it for a couple of games and it was just like a little leather thing that... Yeah, I'm going to put it on the search screen just so you guys can, can see it for yourself, uh... Jock Plants gives me nightmares, by the way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Speaking of Jacques Plant, uh, he was a goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens in the 50s and 60s. He was the first goaltender to regularly use a mask. Um, He used it in practice a little bit, but his coach didn't want him to wear it that much because he thought it would impair his vision. Uh, but on November 1st, 1959, he was facing the New York Rangers and took a shot to the face. I think it like broke his nose or something. Yeah. And he was like, screw it in, in the intermission or whatever. He basically told the head coach, if you don't let me wear this, I'm not going back out there. So the coach had no choice, but to let him wear it. And so he did. And that started it all. It was a little fiberglass thing that you might see out of a horror movie basically what inspired it <laughs> for uh jason so yeah um jason Voorhees. um looks like hannibal lecter the hell is that you guys yeah that's <laughs> yeah that's jock plant right there hockey hall of famer and Notorious yeah serial killer oh yeah oh yeah he's uh uh it's not like eve online where you can just feel safe you know? <laughs> yeah but, you know, the best single-player MMO out there. But uh, <laughs> Jock does not play a single-player. No. If he beats you in a fight, he wears your skin the next day. <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially what it looks like, but yeah. So, anyway, um, it evolved a little bit in the next couple of years. The first goaltender, you can actually see it there. Uh, Gary Cheevers was the first goaltender to actually put design on his mask. Uh, in this it was case, very clever, by the way. It was way. very clever. He made little, it looked like little stitches, um, and that's wherever a puck hit him in the mask, Um, which, like, bravo to him. And some of the other masks in history are absolutely ridiculous. I forget some of their names, 
but one had like a tiger mask. Oh, so okay, so I'm putting up this uh, USA Hockey magazine. Uh, article so you can here. see there, that's the mask that Clint Benedict wore. Right, in but the first one was worn by a woman. Really? Yeah, 1927. I didn't know that. Queens University goaltender Elizabeth Graham wore a fencing mask to protect her teeth. Hmm. So there you go. Well, there the you more go. you know. Learn a goof. Exactly. Even the learn a goofs learn a goof. Um, so yeah, there's Jacques Plante, and then there's yeah Gary Cheevers with his his. Uh, uh, that, that's a fantastic. That is a great mask. idea, and uh, in recent years, when it was Boston, right? Yeah, he was in Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Boston was in the Winter Classic, there one of their goaltenders had a mask made that resembled a, f- a head you know it had like ears painted on and everything it was his it was his head Gary Cheever's head yeah right um, and then it had the looked like a mask with those uh, the marks on it and whatever yeah and just if you see how many <laughs> marks there are on his mask makes you realize that those guys were insane um, although Shots back then were not as hard as they are now. But if still. It, right, I know. But if you were to take a Zidane Chara slap shot to the face, no. you would be dead. No. I mean, guys, it's like wearing helmets in baseball. It's like catchers. catchers I mean, heck, they didn't used to wear gloves starting out in the, in, back right. in the 1800s. Um, Took it like a man. I mean, they called them the tool, tools of ignorance for a reason. Right. Because everyone thought that you were... Uh, weak if you didn't wear if you wore a mask or uh, chest protector or uh, yeah. pe- uh, knee any sort of measure of safety right. really <laughs> um, so anyway uh, let's fast forward a little bit Where what else should we discuss I, I mean, guess, I mean do the, the stances there's, there's some interesting tidbits here the 72 Summit Series which is a so, I mean, we have to cover that on its own. Because it would that was uh, that was the USSR against uh, Canada. U- Canada, right? And, and the the difference is, it was the Canadian NHL players. So, uh, mini sidetrack learner goof here. NHL never used to send their players to the Olympic tournament. So, and of course, the Soviet Union prevented their players from going to. North America to play for the NHL. So the Summit Series was fantastic for this, but um, uh, the NHL didn't have Olymp- they didn't send their players to the Olympics until 1998. And now it's, it's hit and miss as to whether they're going to send guys or not, and it's likely not at this point. But And the thing was, the players the USSR were sending over were basically pros. Yeah, they were NHL-quality players, so they would dominate the Olympics, which is why this past weekend, Miracle on Ice anniversary. 40th anniversary. Exactly, which is why that American team beating them, because it was just basically minor league level or amateur players playing for the USA team. And I actually saw someone put a clip of... Uh, David Ayers um, catching the puck as time expired yeah. and someone overlaid it with the audio of Al Michael saying do you believe in miracles? <laughs> yes! Okay. 
And I guess we can cover that some other time too. Especially, yeah. let's say when the Olympics, the Summer Olympics, we'll talk about the Winter okay. Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> well, we play Mario and Sonic at the Olympics during that time. So, okay. Anyways. Um, so, anyway, um, three basic. I, I hope you're still following us, Charles. Just, I am. Jack yeah. Plant is a scary oh. man. If, hockey, <laughs> hockey is its own little animal. Uh, 1974, uh, the last actual man to play as a goaltender in the NHL was Andy Brown because he he was the last one to use uh that did not have a mask right (laughs) so and masks have evolved since then uh nowadays they're the masks that you see yep um which baseball players have now adopted right um I think it was like the mid to late 90s that they started oh look who won Rick Flair with the victory. Woo! All right. 56 seconds remaining. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, it's scripted, not fake. <laughs> okay, we have to set up the next one. Uh, so exit. Oh, there's a story mode? Oh, no, we can't get into that. We can't get into that. We can't get it. We actually, we would have to do like a separate stream just for that. So. Ooh, the story mode, Rumble. if I remember correctly, is oh. someone's trying to get Stacy Keebler to be their girlfriend. Oh, boy. Ooh. Uh, Charles remembers this from back in the day. Okay, uh, let's see. Ta- single, tag team, triple threat, fatal four-way, handicap, or Royal Rumble? Um, okay, so if we, since it is the road to WrestleMania, and since the Royal Rumble was like in January, you could always do that. However, let, let's put a little tag team action. In there. Okay, all right. So tag team. Uh, oh boy. Okay, Andrew, you choose this part. Tornado match. I don't even know what the heck that is. Um, no tagging. All four men going at it. Ooh, kinky. <laughs> I like that. I'm choosing that one for myself. Let's do, let's do Raw since we did SmackDown. Okay, last time. that's fine. We haven't unlocked all the other arenas, so. Uh, all right. So now we have four to choose from, Charles. Who, who's the first one on this? On this. Uh, Bonus points if you can get actual stables together. Okay, well, we we could do this. It's going to be a bit, but let's see. All right, keep on going. We on the Raw uh, brand, or is it everybody's on their brand? All right. So let's keep Batista. Well, we just had Ric Flair. Okay, so Batista will be our first one. Okay. All right, keep on going. Keep on going. So who will he be partnering with? Let's see. Oh, it'd be great if uh, mankind. I don't think he's in this. I game. don't think he's in it. No, he's not. All right, so Randy Orton, because they were in the stable called Evolution that had Ric Flair and Triple H in there. Alrighty. Oh, just as a side learn a goof for Francisco, stable is just a fancy term for a tag team. Okay. All right. It's a faction. It's a group. Um, so team number see. two. Oh wait, weren't uh, Christian and Edge a tag team at one point? They were. Edge was also a tag team with Rey Mysterio as well. They were tag team champions. But let's put an Edge because Edge is now going to be feuding Randy Orton come WrestleMania. Ooh. And so we can do Edge and Christian. So we're, we'll we're doing like a team. like a simulation. <laughs> yep. Okay, Edge and who? Christian. Alrighty. Okay. And let's play. 
Okay. This puts, this puts a great tear in my eye. So, <laughs> so that was the intermission. So, Andrew, continue, please. Uh, we're going to goalie-style play now. Correct. So there are three main goalie styles. Uh, you have the stand-up, which is basically extinct nowadays. Um, if you watch any sort of uh, footage from basically before the 1980s, um, any that's that's what goalies did. You would very rarely ever go to the ice. Right. Uh, it was very awkward. You would have to like flail, kick your legs out, right. and do whatever you could to try and stop the puck. It would be. It's. I, you know it. It's kind of like, like if you put me in that, <laughs> that's probably the style that I would play just to start out, just to deal with the equipment and everything, and the fact that I, I probably can't move too well and or get on the ground that fast. But yeah. Or like, imagine if you don't have any sort of pads, mm -hmm. and you know you're going to the ice and you have no knee protection. Yeah, you're gonna want to avoid going to the ice as much as possible. Exactly. I mean, that's not what their reason was it for. Reason for it was it's just, but that's how it looks basically. Right. Um. So you have the butterfly style, which uh, was actually, uh, much to my surprise, was not created by. Uh, Patrick Waugh was created by um, here I had it for a second uh, Glenn Hall and Tony Esposito who played oh, in the yeah. 50s and 60s and the 70s and 80s and Hall of Famers and yeah. Hall of Famers um, Butterfly is what you'll see a lot more now uh, goaltenders will go to the ice um, take up as much space as they can uh, it's especially beneficial for really tall goaltenders, like let's say Ben Bishop, who's like six five. Or Andre Vasilevsky's huge. Andre Vasilevsky, well. Jacob Markstrom, out in Vancouver, because it covers more space laterally from side to side. Um, but the downside is you're not as tall. But if you're very tall human, then even being on your knees, you're still going to cover a lot of vertical space. Right. So wait. I forgot how big the net is now at this point because they've changed the size. Here, look that up, and I'll keep talking. Okay, go ahead. So um, the advantage of Butterfly is, like I said, you cover a lot of space uh, width-wise, and also a lot of shots tend to be lower. So that's an advantage, and it's been very effective for a lot of goaltenders. Uh, kind of the big – I mean, it was – pioneered by those two hall and esposito but patrick wah was kind of the one that really sort of took it to the next level um the final one is called the hybrid um so uh sorry uh just to interject here so the nhl official net size is six feet wide by four feet high and uh, with, I mean, um, it extends at least backwards 40 inches from front to back. So that's the size of the NHL. And they, they recently made it bigger, so mm -hmm. it used to be smaller. And, of course, they've made the goalie pads smaller, too, recently. Which I'm, as a goalie fan, I'm, I'm thoroughly against. It makes 
a hard job it's, even harder. It's all about putting more offense. I know. In the scene. I mean, Rob Manfred, by the way, clown missioner. If you want to, you know, get people to watch baseball, have them all wear goalie pads. <laughs> <laughs> it might make the games more interesting. Oh, I... too, he's going to need it. Oh, yeah. Oh, the entire Astros team is going to need it. And we'll get to that. Except for the guys who weren't on the team. We are fair people. Anybody? We're not animals. Exactly. Whoever wasn't on the roster between 2017 and 2019, you're safe. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. So you were talking about the hybrid style. Right. Um, hybrid style is, as you can imagine, it's kind of a mixture of stand-up and butterfly. Uh, it's sort of a best of both worlds because if the shot is high, you can stand up and save it. Uh, it requires a bit more, I don't know, analysis and thinking because butterfly goalies will generally just always go to the, always go to the ice. Uh, but uh, hybrid, they're a little more picky and choosy of what style they'll use. Um, I don't know. Would you? Anything to add to the hybrid section, would you say? No. I mean, I kind of like would like to talk about some of the significant goalies now. I mean, or over time, like just the – I mean, we can go down a list of just Hall of Famers. Right. And we could start – I mean, you have uh, the guy with the most wins in NHL history, Martin Brodeur. Who was a hybrid. Right, who played for New Jersey Devils and weirdly ended his career in St. Louis with the Blues, but – you know, that's kind of that's like Joe Montana on the Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. t- type of or, or Willie Mays on the New York Mets. Kind of a weird stop for him at the end. Um, and then you've got Patrick Waugh, Montreal Canadiens and Colorado Avalanche. Of course, his exit from Montreal is the most one of the most interesting parts of his story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Learn to goof here. Patrick Waugh uh, was very was. Uh, Maybe like Nolan Arenado, just a little disgruntled with his team uh, in 1995. So uh, it was 95-96 season. At that point, he had already won Stanley Cups with the Montreal Canadiens. Most recent was in 93. Which, coincidentally enough, is the last time a Canadian team has won the Stanley Cup. Right. And so... Right. Particularly, they were playing a game against, I think, the Detroit Red Wings. Yep. And the... He was getting absolutely torched. Which happens sometimes. Right, but this is a a goaltender already on his way to becoming a Hall of Famer at that point. And a number one goaltender, one of the best in the league. And usually, much like a pitcher in baseball, if your goalie is getting lit up, you take them out of the game and you put in the backup. just, Just to save face, at least. They've give okay. They've given up four goals in the first period. All right, just, just you take them out. Take them out. Put in the backup. You know his night's over. Don't let him get more embarrassed than he already is. Waugh gave up nine goals by the end of it. He was getting Bronx cheers from the crowd, which was not helpful at all. This is Montreal, by the way, so they're basically the New York Yankees of hockey, especially at that point, um, and. He was basically like he was like turning against. He was visibly upset. If it, and microphones weren't the way they are now, he could pick up everything. But um, he might have said a lot of really bad words in both English and French at that point. So 
as he's he finally gets pulled, by the way. But as he's leaving to go the, to the bat, his to, locker room, he's going to the locker room. He's not going to be on the ice. He he, right right next to the 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 Habs bench is there the team president, and he goes up to him and says, "I'm not playing one more game for you guys ever again." So, and then, like, within dem- the next couple of days, he was traded to Colorado. Colorado. Which completely changed the face of that franchise. And led to them beating the Panthers in the Stanley Cup Finals. Which, bear in mind, this was the Avalanche's first season in Denver. Right. They had rec- That season was their first uh, since moving from... Quebec. Quebec. Nordiques. The Quebec Nordiques. Now, that team was already stacked by right. that point offensively, but they needed that one last piece, and he was it. Think of it like, uh, I don't know, like the 03 Marlins. Think of it like when Justin Verlander went to the 2017 Astros. <laughs> 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 uh, all jokes aside, um, it's basically, okay, the 03 Marlins when they got Uga Therbina as the closer. They and needed Punch Rodriguez. Closer. Well, that was before the season started. This is during the season. Mm. This is where th- they went from, like, they were going to be – a good playoff team, mm-hmm. the Avalanche, to, oh, crap, they could win the damn thing right there and then. And they Which did. they did. And then they would win another one in 2001. But, also with what help. Right. And then you've got the older goalies, but the one I really want to get to is... Dominic Koshik. Dominic Koshik. Who, actually, I know I said there were three types of goalie styles. I lied. There's a fourth, <laughs> which is whatever the hell Dominic Koshik was. Right. This guy, he played most notably for the Buffalo Sabres and the Detroit Red Wings. Um, he spent basically his entire career, like his prime at least, uh, with the Buffalo Sabres. Um, actually, wasn't he with the Chicago Blackhawks as well? I that was it, his first team was the Blackhawks. Exactly. And that Blackhawks team was also stacked at goaltender. Ed Belfour was their... Was their goaltender and which funny ha- enough Hall of Famer right? Which funny enough, in the '99 Stanley Cup, the two starting goaltenders were Ed Belfour for the Stars and right. Dominic Hasek for the Sabres. Blackhawks fans weeped for that series, but they were, <laughs> their suffering paid off later on. Anyways, um, yeah, so he got so close to winning the cup in that series. Unfortunately, he didn't. But then he did basically. The same thing that many players in baseball had done, he jumps like going jumping ship to the New York Yankees because they they gave him the best shot to win a championship. Hasek did the same thing. He went to the Detroit Red Wings, who were a dynasty, and they gave him the best shot to win a championship, and he did. He won the Stanley Cup with the Red Wings, which, uh, okay, but he deserved to be on the cup. It would be a travesty if Dominic Hasek had not been on the Stanley Cup. Right. Uh, think of it like Dan Marino. Uh, Charles Barkley. He would have been like that, basically. He would have been one of those guys on the SB Nation series. Uh, untitled. Untitled. Um, this is one of those guys that deserved uh, to be on the Cup. And goalies are very rarely considered the uh, name the MVP of the league. Right. Hashik was at least once, I think more than once. Goalies, once again, they're, they're akin to baseball player pitchers, to pitchers in baseball. You know, they have their own award, the Vesna, but occasionally 
one has such a good season that they win uh, the actual Hart Memorial Trophy, which is the MVP. Uh, the most recent was Carey Price for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, he won twice, uh, did Hasek, 96, 97, and 97, 98. Wow. Um, which, again, that's freaking ridiculous. So he is, if you want to know what a goaltender should look like, he is it. Now, he also won an Olympic gold medal. Right. And he was one of the first players in 98 to and, uh for NHL players to play in the Olympic tournament. Right, because 98 was the Nagano Olympics. Right. Um, and they actually won that one, mm-hmm. the Czech team. Uh, he's he's, he's uh, from the Czech Republic. Pardubice. Yeah. So uh, he's not Canadian. Uh, <laughs> and you have to see his highlights um, because he like, – once like, like Andrew said – you can't really describe his style because it's his own style. Like it's it's hybrid on I, hybrid on steroids. Is this WWE Raw two? Oh, first off, hi Hebsack. Um, second, this is uh, Day of Reckoning two for the. Well, it's not actually the game two, but it's a uh, uh, an emulator on the Switch. No, oh, it's a Wii U emulator. Wii U, Wii U. Those graphics look great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Sort of, yeah. Better than the uh, 2K20. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't know. For some reason, the mid-2000s, at least in my opinion, were kind of the heyday of realistic graphics. Um... I don't know, for some reason, like, NCAA football looks better. It, I can't describe it. Uh, if you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's a certain nostalgia to that era, especially because, I mean, when this game, I was in, I was in high school. Yeah, I was basically end of middle school through high school during this era of gaming. Mm-hmm. So, which is probably my most prime gaming years. So that's why the it holds a certain nostalgia for me. And once again, like you said, this is the era when graphics started to actually they started to actually look like who they were supposed to look like. They weren't just big giant blobs of pixels and and and, and uh, polygons like they mm-hmm. were for the N sixty four and the and the PlayStation one and the Saturn. If you're one of the five people that own that, like me. Um, Man, I love unpopular things like the Wii U <laughs> and the Sega Saturn and the Marlins. <laughs> um, by the way, we have to talk about our Lord and Savior later again. Once mm-hmm. again, uh, okay. So I'm gonna put up a Dominic Hoshik highlight reel here. I'm gonna mute the crap out of that because that was loud. But this guy right here, dear Lord, and this is from uh, Sportsnet BT Dubs. Um, who will proceed to probably get this video taken down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. But here he is. Here's a, him stopping Yarmir Yager, another Hall of Famer. And he can't even believe it. A fellow Czech BT-dubs as well. Uh, here he is um, just absolutely laying out, <laughs> stopping Pavel Bure, another Hall of Famer, 
elite goal scorer. And he can't believe it with that shot. Um, but how's his Samboni driving skills? You know what, BU? That is a very good question. And that is a, a new stat that needs to be put up on Hockey Reference. It, really, th that should be like the like the, the war of the NHL stat line <laughs> of the advanced metrics. How are your Zamboni driving skills? Oh, yeah. That is some classic Hashik right there. And he he doesn't look like the biggest of guys either. He's not. I think he's only 5'11". Ch yeah, check his height and his weight because he wasn't – he was – the most nimble of hockey goalies. And there's the the Hoshik style that you were talking about, Andrew, and that highlight right there. They actually named a save after him um, to be 5'11 as tall. For goalies, he's average at best. Right. Um, most goalies these days, at least within recent years, are at least six feet tall. Now, there's been some su successful small goals. I mean, John Van Beesbrook was like, Five eight, and he again, was pretty damn. Anyone of Vesna, so again, it it happens, but right. it's it's very uncommon. And he didn't need a trash can to learn how to goaltend, <laughs> unlike another short player for a certain baseball team out in East Texas. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, wow, this this guy right here, this that's him stopping Mario Lemieux. And these are just highlights of him stopping the greatest goal scorers of all time. And look, this is him fighting right here. That's, oh boy. Is that Garth Snow that he's fighting there? <laughs> look at that. I think so. Yeah, for the Flyers. That is fun. It's fun seeing like all these, going back to these highlights, because a lot of these guys are executives now in the NHL. And it's fun seeing them back in the day when they were playing, just beating the crap out of each other. And there he is in the old Buffalo Sabres, fantastic royal blue uniforms, which they they really, really should go back to. Oh, and something I wanted to mention, which is very interesting. Um, I mean, not including X. I mean, when you go to all professional hockey leagues, Hashik played for over 30 years. Oh, including his time. Well, he was on HC Pardubice, mm -hmm. which is in which is his hometown team. Um, then he was in the IHL with the Indianapolis Ice. Then he kind of jumped back and forth between the IHL and NHL. Then he was in the NHL forever. Um, and then he took a year off, then played one year again for Pardubice, and then for Spartak Moscow in the KHL, and that was his last year in 2010-2011, which, considering that his first year was 1980-1981, yeah. that's, I mean, with a couple of years off, he played for 30 years. That's, that's so which weird. Is ridiculous for a goaltender. It's so crazy how long, like, certain NHL players just last. It, 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 you would think they would be, you would think it would be shorter, given the, the type of game it is, but... But like Gordy Howe, Chris Chelios, Yarmir Yager, uh, Pavel Datsuk is still currently playing out uh, back in Russia. Yeah, and he's like forty something. So yeah, there. Here's a great quote. I, I'll wrap up Hashik by saying this. Here's a quote. Um, 
they say I am unorthodox. I flop around the ice like some kind of fish. I say, who cares as long as I stop the puck? Which, that was his style, was whatever it took to stop the puck. Oh, and one thing I should also mention. He was one of the last goaltenders. Actually, his teammate Chris Osgood was the last that used basically a player's helmet with a mask attached to it. Um, if you look at his mask, it basically looks like a player's helmet, uh, just with a mask attached onto it. Uh, but I think they outlawed it at a certain point. Okay. So, yeah, that's uh, this is a good wrap. Oh, he played for the Senators? I did not know that either. Very briefly, wow. he did. I, I, <laughs> that's like uh, Mike Piazza playing for the Marlins. Dear Lord. Uh, all right. So, there and there he is lifting the cup. Uh, and we'll end it there, right there. He him winning the Stanley Cup finally. All right, guys. So we are at the halfway point. So we know what that means. There's a word from our non-sponsors, people, places, things, and other what other stuff that we like, and not just Eve Online. It can be other things that we like that don't sponsor us, and that's what we're gonna give a shout out to. So uh, I did it last week. I did it pretty long last week. Uh, Charles, you weren't with us last week. I don't know if you want to give it a go to start I, us out. I would go into it. So we had kind of talked about it earlier, but you guys, I have been on the prowl for some new headphones, a gaming headset, because I had headphones I used for the gym, you know, my Sony Bluetooth wireless, which is beyond sexy. But <laughs> I look at myself, I said, you know, I'm in a chat playing Madden with my boys, playing Borderlands 3 with my buddy talking to you guys on this fine fine podcast which you guys should always watch every you know episode that we have if you haven't seen prior episodes go see some prior episodes we got to 53 for a reason there's 52 other ones out there some of them i think, mo- cool I think it's stars. just stubbornness on our part no you know we're we're like baby's kids we don't die we multiply <laughs> so i was like all right because i listen a little bit of our stuff that we do when i'm on to kind of see because I'm far away, I'm not in studio, so I'm trying to see how I sound connectivity-wise. I'm just trying to see if I sound clear and also just try to coach myself not to be too excited to be on the show talking about certain segments coming into it. But I've been wanting a gaming headset for a while. And I didn't want to be wireless because my laptop doesn't necessarily recognize wireless. And plus, I'm cheap, so I don't want to pay a lot of money. So I was looking on Amazon. I looked at some stuff, and then people were like, oh, you should get the HyperX. I'm like, yeah, the review. And here's the thing. I'll trust a bad review before I trust a good review. Yeah, because subjectivity is the death of opinion, but also subjectivity is also the truth of opinion. Go into your philosophy class. We're not here for that. But I got myself a gaming headset, and I got to say, the MPOW 10, I believe it's called, MPOW E10 gaming headset that can go to both the PS4, the Xbox One, if you get the splitter. I don't have an Xbox One, so I don't worry about that. The Nintendo Switch, a PC, even using an adapter for your Android or iPhone. It's pretty dang good, you guys. Got a surround sound in there. I tested out with Red Dead Redemption 2. It was like I was a cowboy myself. And let me tell you something, boys. I love being a cowboy. Let me tell you, Pilgrim. I have this mic that's attached to it. So I asked the guys earlier if you could hear me. You said it sounded better than before. So I feel that people are going to be able to hear the good old ranting that is of Charles coming into it. And you know what? It was pretty darn affordable from another 
non-sponsored. We got it off of Amazon. I got it for $19.99. So with tax, it came out about $21.29. It's probably back, you know, back off. So for $26, but it's comfy. It's ergonomic. It's good when I'm wearing glasses. And what I got to tell you guys, it cups your entire ear. So it plays off, I guess, with the, with the ears in sense of, I don't know if you've all have shot guns before, but yeah. if you ever had to wear like a ear protector, it kind of cups like that, as opposed to being like my old JVCs, which are more circles that only cover most of the year. So that was a little bit of a pain. I got to say, I like them. I really hope that they don't go on the wayside. I trust the reviews. I got the most updated one that came in from November 2019. And here's the thing about me. When I'm hounding and when I'm searching, I wait for a while to shoot my shot. And boy, I shot my shot. And I got to tell you, mpow e10 gaming headset get yourself one of them they're pretty efficient there's a lot of variety wise mm -hmm. figure out what you want what i also like about this is that it has a foam comforter on the um on the top or on the connector I think where your head would that's would how much raise. you said you paid for this 18 bucks Nin 19.99 oh, okay all righty i'm, yeah, I'm so actually sort of in the market for once i might uh because mm -hmm. my my little earbuds right now are dying I'm, I'm a big fan of it. You know, I mean, it depends how you like your headphones. Do you want to be goofy like me who looks like he's working for NASA um, <laughs> or about to go into the chair or do you want little ones? But for me, I wanted the mic for the gaming. I wanted the mic for when we do the show. I think I am more clear. I wanted some comfort in the headset because I wear glasses most of the time, at least if I'm playing at nighttime. And I didn't want my ear to sound like I've been punched by Mike Tyson a thousand times <laughs> over. And this was my choice. It's MPOW because it's, you know, very powerful. Uh, and that's my oh, promo yeah. code for it. Powerful. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan, guys. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, Andrew, do you have something up? I do. Okay. My, or wait, what's your uh, promo code there, Charles? You said power. Powerful. Oh, power. Powerful. Or, or power. Uh, my non-sponsor for the week is the Maxmo, uh, Max Boost Durahold Series Car Phone Mount. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, super specific. <laughs> Very specific, actually. I got to write that down. Max Boost. Durahold Series Car Phone Mount. Okay. Yes. All righty. Okay. So, I, I, Francisco has not this particular model, but something like it in his car. Uh, it's a little thing that you stick your phone in. Uh, you can charge it, uh, yada, 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 hold your phone. And, you know, recently I was just kind of getting tired of, you know, looking down to my side, my, my eyes a lot off the road, uh, trying to, because I use maps a lot now getting to work because traffic is horrible. So I'm always trying to look for the best possible route to get there. So I finally just bit the bullet and said, you know what? I need to get me one of these car holder, uh, phone holder things. And so I did. It has been a beautiful, beautiful investment. Welcome to the club. I, I rarely am so happy with an investment like this, considering its price point, which is only $10. Are you still on with them? For me? Yeah. I don't hear anything from him. Weird. It shows that he's still in the chat, but I don't hear anything from him. Okay, so I, we are back on. I Welcome. See. So, uh, sorry there, everybody. I, I hate my computer. I really should upgrade it <laughs> at some point. That should be my next non-sponsor, is whatever I upgrade my computer to. 
Sorry, Andrew. You were talking about your master's karma. Yes. So... <laughs> so anyway... Yeah. Uh, it has been... It has been a godsend. It has made driving a lot easier. It has made communicating with people a lot easier. It's just... Like I said, it's... I am rarely so thoroughly enjoying a prod, uh, enjoying a financial decision like that, especially considering the price point, which, like I mentioned, is only ten dollars. Um, which, because it was on Amazon Prime, free shipping, uh, and hmm. I got it next day. So Fantastic! Like, beautiful. So, yes, uh, my particular. Thing was the Max Bo- uh, Max Boost Durahold series car phone mount, um, but really I'd recommend any sort of car phone mount like that. Uh, makes your life a lot easier, and but a lot and a lot safer, absolutely. A lot safer. Um, but if you're looking for something that's that'll definitely work, and it's not going anywhere, it's basically stuck to your dashboard. I mean, you can take it off. But you don't have to worry that, you know, if you're in a hard stop or whatever, it jiggles around. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, but, yeah, I would highly recommend that. Uh, promo code. Um, hmm. I can't think of a promo code. That's the promo code, then. I can't think of a promo code. <laughs> <laughs> that should be it, then. Okay, so... Uh, let me see if these guys are even on here. Uh, so my my non sponsor is I, I I can't believe I haven't mentioned them yet, but it's it's a podcast that I've been listening to lately. It's called Extra Napkins. It is a food based podcast which I have sent to Charles. I don't know if he subscribed to them yet, but it's it's a fun uh, food based podcast. It's just a couple of bros. Well, they're not really bros. They're not bros at all, actually. Um, they're kind of stoner type of guys that live out in San Diego that, uh, you know, stoners get the munchies and, you know, they know a little something about food. That's for sure. So it, it's called Extra Napkins. It's this guy, Ian Ferguson, who I've, who I've uh, known from the uh, uh, Pat the NES Punks Completely Unnecessary podcast, and I liked him on that. So actually they have a Twitter account, so I guess I'll just click on that to show you guys on the screen here. Um, so I liked them on that and he told, he said like he was starting his own food based podcast and I'm like, Oh, that'd be fantastic. And so this is it. The extra napkins podcast. It's, uh, so yeah, Ian Ferguson, um, and they are based in San Diego. Sometimes they have like a little regional, I guess, um, references to stuff that's only over there that we don't have here, but they try their best to kind of include everything. As far as they talk about all types of food. And these guys, they have wide palates from seafood to sweets to candies to, to fast food, all this type of jazz. And, and they're, they're a lot of fun to listen to. I've, I've enjoyed it. They love cooking. I like cooking a lot. Um, and I actually did a Doom playthrough. I just talked about my, my love of cooking. Uh, just it was, based, it was inspired by these guys. So... Um, there, I listened to their most recent episode that I listened to was them just talking about donuts and the quality of donuts and donut places. And 
although I don't agree with them on everything, their stance on ketchup kind of offends me. They say that it's an abomination. But what? Uh, yes, yes, Charles. What's an abomination? <laughs> oh, Catch up. Go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> you have to listen to them now. They're... Have you ever had French fries? <laughs> okay, no, that's the only. That was the only exception for them. That was the uh, only exception dog? for them. That I don't know. They might be one of those people that doesn't put any condiments on hot dogs, like those savages out in Chicago. Um, but what about the trailer park people <laughs> who need it for their ketchup to make spaghetti sauce on their spaghetti because they don't have tomato? Well, they, their opinion on ketchup was that it overpowers everything way too much. And I can agree with it on some some points, but on a lot of points, look, I've, uh, I, I have eaten ke- steak with ketchup before. And some people yeah. call it a blasphemy, but you know what? It was the only comment you know, I had, and I had it. Okay? You would be lynched in, like, 1860 <laughs> for that statement, but it's 2020, and we're progressive human beings, but yeah. I want you to know that. Yeah, we wear goalie masks nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is in the 1860s. Um, uh, but anyways, they're, they're a fun listen. They are really fun. They're very knowledgeable. They used to work as cooks in restaurants way back when. They're both from Buffalo, and they talk about how much they're miserable about the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabres. Um, Ian's a big NBA fan, so sometimes he he drops some stuff here and there about uh, the NBA. They they do watch the Padres as well out there because they're out in San Diego. Uh, So they're, they're kind of all around fun to listen to. They're both stoners, and... Uh, and they they talk about everything, everything and everything. I think my favorite episode was their Christmas special, which wasn't a Christmas special. It was a Ricky Henderson special <laughs> because <laughs> because Ricky Henderson was born on Christmas Day. So they just called it a Ricky Henderson special. <laughs> OK, sorry. Uh, I, go listen to them. They're fun. They're fantastic. And yeah, uh, what's it? Let's go with uh, promo code um, Buffalo Stoners. <laughs> Buffalo Stoners. <laughs> uh, do a parody music uh, a song about that. Okay, so uh, where do we go from here, guys? Oh, and the, and the match is over. So on on the TV screen here, so we can kind of put up another one. Okay. To kind of get into the a nice solid transition. Thank you, WWE Day of Reckoning Two for the GameCube. You are our new non-sponsor for the show. <laughs> well, actually, that's per. Uh, well, I wanted to do. I wanted to do something. Um, if you guys, I'm Charles Francisco. Look at your uh, Facebook Messenger chat. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you three names. This is a new, hopefully, multi-time segment um, where I am going to give the guys three very hard to pronounce names, sport uh, athlete names. Or actually, before we do that, uh, Charles, uh, choose a a match style for us. Okay, so we had a tag team. We had. The single going on. I, I think I think you gotta go Royal Rumble. And here's the presumption of it is that we're gonna pick one person. If we can get them into the first round, or if they get them into the first entry, and we're gonna be rooting for them like it's Ray Horse because there's something great 
when I would play these games or playing the games I'm doing now because I am currently playing WWE 2K18. That's my kind of TV time that I have for wrestling, and that's also my podcast gaming because it doesn't really require much thought. If we do player one, and I, I guess everything else could be just no entries, yeah. And we'll just do a random because one thing is if you want to put somebody over in the Royal Rumble, some of the best storylines is, hey, can you get somebody who is going to come in number one, try to outlast all 29 other opponents and win? And it's kind of like, you know, you place your bets on it. One day I'll get you guys into the gambling aspect of the Royal Rumble. So the, the, there, you can't put a computer player, so one of us is going to have to go through the gauntlet. Uh <laughs> oh really yeah uh, no let, let, we'll back out that uh, okay we need everybody's attention today <laughs> okay it's all right but that'll be that could be like a solo stream thing going on right. yeah exactly you know we can go through it that's another idea that we have on the on the back burner that we're we're kind of throwing around separate ideas from the main show and uh andrew has a especially good idea that he wants to try out as well for the future all right, so we got triple threat tag team, fatal four-way handicap. Let's do a triple threat. All right. We'll make it a triple threat now. That's where the fun begins because okay. you think everything's to be won, and then some a-hole just steals your victory and just <laughs> sitting there crying. Okay, and uh, Andrew, what, what should we do here for this? TLC match, table match, ladder match? I think match. you got to go TLC. Definitely it's TLC. Than a, it's better than a ladder match. It's better than a table match. And it's better than a, well, they don't have it, but a chair match. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Who are our three contestants? All right, let's see. Um, TLC match doesn't have to be a blood feud. Just has to be, let's diversify. We're going to get a heavy. We're going to get a technical wrestler. We're going to get a high flyer. Well, mm. that would mean Rey Mysterio. Yeah, big show. Big show. And, and let's Booker see. Uh, I wouldn't say Booker's that um, that Eddie technical Guerrero? though. Oh, Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. Okay. Okay. Kurt Angle is your technical guy. <laughs> that was a fast one. Alrighty. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so the the object of this little mini segment is I'm going to give the guys three different athletes who have very odd looking names. And they are going to have to try and pronounce it. So, gentlemen. Did you send it yet? Not yet. Oh, okay. So, gentlemen, if you will go to your Facebook chat, and I am going to go ahead and send the first one to you right now. Okie dokie. Okay. I'm waiting in in anxious glee. Anticipation. And I also put it out in the chat as well for anyone that wants to try and play along as well. Oh, God. Oh, God. These are all active NHL players too, right? No, this is the only NHL player. Oh, okay. Um, I tried to mix it up a little okay, bit. Okay, so Brady is the easy part. Brady is the easy part. Unless, he's call- unless he pronounces it Brad Eye or something No, like it's, it's Brady. <laughs> it's Brady? Brady. <laughs> okay, so Brady... Ski. No. Okay, I, I went with like a little Hebrewish there. <laughs> okay. I will say Brady Skay. You're actually pretty close, but not Damn right. It. Okay. Uh, Francisco. Damn, my I'll give you addicts. two guesses each. Okay, so he said Skay, which is close. He said. Okay. 
Um, how about Stay? Closer, but okay. still not right. Closer, so I, maybe the A part is the right part. I, I don't know. I don't know. You're not All getting right, this clue. Charles, but... last shot. All right, Brady Sky. There you go. That was actually further yeah. away. Damn it. Okay. I was so. going for like the uh, porn star name, apparently. <laughs> okay. It's not that. It's spelled S K J E I. Okay. So maybe the S K is silent. So I'm going to go J. No. Oh, gosh. All right. So, all right. He got a third guess, even though he wasn't supposed to. So, Charles, yeah. <laughs> you get one more shot at it. All right. So we're going to go on the hard K E I here because um, that J is silent. So. Scott, Brady Scott. Nope. All right. Well, I I don't care anymore. I hate his name. It's stupid. (laughs) Okay. Gentlemen may introduce you to, and this is what made me think of it because he was traded at the deadline from the New York Rangers to those bunch of jerks. Defenseman for the Carolina Hurricanes, Brady Shea. Ah, Shea. Shea, like Shea Stadium. Where's this guy from? Minnesota. Who has taught him the English language? He better be Czech. (laughs) He better be check right now. He's he's from Minnesota. <laughs> well, well, I mean, national Scandinavian, I guess. Yeah. Somewhere in the timeline of his family. He, he better have he better have blonde hair, two front teeth missing, and then like Thor's hammer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get, that's a good segue, by the way, to the NHL trade deadline. Well, I have two more to go. Oh, you do? I do. Oh, I thought you said you had one NHL player. You have other, but non-NHL players. Right. Okay second one coming you might you guys might get this because he is a baseball player i can roll my r's pretty good i'm good hey hey, <laughs> hey hey i'm trying all right i'm trying not all of a sudden longevity being miami 24 7 i'm hurt okay um, Ooh. Uh, yeah okay so yeah. Right, since francisco got the first go this is a major leaguer like actual major this is league a current major leaguer on the 25 man roster of a team last year yep Okay. <laughs> All right. So since Francisco went first last time, Charles, you get to go. Jed Guarco. Well, the Jed is right, and you're actually pretty close with the last name. So, uh, so I'm gonna go with Gorko, but without the U, sounding. No. Oh, okay. That's actually further away. Hmm. Okay, so Charles gets his second shot. Hmm. Jed Gorko. Correct. I feel like I'm Ron Burgundy. Or, okay. <laughs> actually, actually, no. I'm. I apologize. Well, first off, I miss. I misspelled it. Here, let oh me send God. the oh, correct gosh. spelling. <laughs> you're, so you're taking away my gold star. How oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. So Giorco. Nope. Oh. So. It, okay. So. Charles, your last right. guess was very close. Um. I mean, Jed. Yurko, I, I I don't know how I don't know phonetically now, now why anymore. has now thrown me off completely. <laughs> yeah, we're just sitting here, bunch of dudes trying to figure out how to pronounce Gorko's name. His name um, is this, ladies and gentlemen. May I introduce you to Milwaukee Brewers third baseman Jed Jerko. Oh Jer- gosh, darn oh, it! Now that oh, I hear it saying, I now okay, okay. Could you let's interrupt here? Could you imagine the bullying this guy got <laughs> from elementary oh, to boy. middle school to high school and the evolution of each situation? And I absolutely live for it, gentlemen. 
actually, I just I I just heard myself uh, like in the reverb in my ear, and I actually sounded pretty cool saying that. So I'm just gonna sound uh, say it again because I sounded cool. Now batting Jerko. for the Milwaukee Brewers, third baseman Jed Jerko. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you think if he hits a home run, he just grabs his crotch and goes jerk on there? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take being fined for it because it was prompt. All right, last one. What the fuck? Oh, fu- my goodness gracious. <laughs> he sounds like- I didn't know it was from Skyrim or a creative character. Here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. A Frenchman. In case you're interested, he's South African. Okay. Is he a soccer this is, player? Th- th- this he's is a professional golfer. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not even going <laughs> to... Well, Francisco, you you take a stab at this one. Oh gosh. Okay. Um. Okay. Oh gosh, darn it. Okay. So, the first name because uh, <laughs> now I'm tripping on the freaking first name because I'm like, is it Luis or Louis or Louis? <laughs> that's one. There could be so three ways to pronounce that name. This is your hard one because and that's just the first name. Because you have an issue with the first name as well. Like. Okay, well, I'm going to take my first stab at the first name, and then my second stab will be at the last name. <laughs> so I'm going to go with, because I see some H-U-I on that, and it would be really fun to say Louie Ustui's in, because then it would be like ooey ooey. So I'm going to go with Louie as ooey, the first ooey. name. Louie is the first name. Okay, so you see, that's a fun way to say that name if that's the way that Louise Ui's this, and I don't know. Well, you completely butchered the last name. Okay. <laughs> but don't worry, you're not the first person to do so. Charles? All right. Louis Ustian. Close. Yeah? Close-ish. Uh, yeah, this is killing me. <laughs> do you guys want to give up? Oh, my goodness. This no, is no, worse no. than Better Know a College Team or whatever. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> I, I just feel like all these years, all the classes we had to take for any kind of speech, you know, trial ad, all that stuff means nothing because I don't know how to pronounce some South African golfer's name and now I hate myself. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, wait. This guy's white? Yes. Oh, gosh. Oh, he's got one of those, <laughs> this, he's got one of those weird Dutch names, I guess, right? Correct. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Let me know if you want to uh, give up. Okay, so okay now okay now I'm getting I'm because like I'm like okay is it African African or European? Like, How African, African is it? <laughs> Where is he on the spectrum of skin blame color? The Dutch. <laughs> yes, so he's a white guy. Deceiving, buddy. Exactly, be you blame the Dutch indeed. Uh, just like Austin Powers' father. Uh, Stupid swamp Germans. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, so. Dutch. Uthusen? Not bad. That's pretty okay. close. All right. All right. Louis Oosten. That's it. No. That's what I got for you. Dang All right. It. So I'll go ahead and just give it to you guys. Uh, Louis Oosten. What? Damn, I was uh, closed. Okay. All righty. Well then, this has, <laughs> this has been the first. This is a great opening for this segment, huh, Andrew? <laughs> you are having a ball, <laughs> <laughs> just making us suffer. Uh, Look on culture, BT Dubs. Even though we put ketchup on anything more than fries. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so trade deadline, I guess. Yeah. This has been the NHL episode. Well, I we missed the NBA trade deadline last week, but whatever. Um who cares? Yeah, yeah, who cares? Uh, anyways, NHL trade deadline did come to pass. And I'm a Florida Panthers fan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Meaning well. I suffer many, 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 many nights. Surely. Um, okay. Uh, Charles, you actually brought this up in the chat, and I was very proud of you for, for bringing that up. Uh, that we did trade Vincent Trocek uh, to the Carolina Hurricanes, so he has become a jerk himself. You had actually predicted the Vincent Trocek trade. Well, okay. When we were chatting a couple of weeks ago, right? So, a lot of, I, I would say, a lot of Panthers fans aren't upset about this trade. They're not sad. They're sad about it, but they're not upset about it, and. A lot of the hockey world outside of Florida's fan base believes that we're a loser in this trade, and maybe we are. But the Panthers have put themselves in this position, but that's a whole other thing that I I won't have time to get to because I can rant for God knows how long about it. Vincent Trocek was very promising when he came out. He's, he's from Pittsburgh. He's He was... Um, very promising uh, coming up, and he had his breakout season probably about maybe now three seasons ago now where he scored 75 points, which is the most he's had in his career. So it looked like that he was coming into his own as a legit second-line center in the league, and guess who just won the match? Hey, Mysterio! And you see, that's the beauty of storytelling. <laughs> oh, boy. Look at that. Well, then, that was actually really fun to set up. I love it. Charles, that was, uh, this is really pretty, look, this is great. And how much, how much, how much money is in there? 310 bucks. All that for 310 bucks. <laughs> um, okay, so... And we can set up something new here as well while we're while we're about to transition into this NHL talk. I'm actually going to play one. Oh, really? Okay. So I will continue this. So Vincent Trocek had his breakout season, but unfortunately he had a very significant ankle injury that looked a lot – it was bad. It was really bad, but – it could have been worse when he he kind of just slammed himself into the boards and just destroyed his ankle. And he came back that same season to try and get the Panthers in the playoff push. It wasn't enough, but it was very surprising that he even came back to play. And he is who I consider a heart and soul type of player. One of those guys that you... You need to have on your team one of those glue guys that he's he's not the biggest of players, but gosh darn it, he plays freaking hard and he cares. Unfortunately, he hasn't been that same player since his injury. What have you, he might have lost a step. It was an ankle injury, very significant. But at the same time, he was playing very stupidly and like his decision making 
might have been affected by it because it would look like he would try and dangle past the defense and he doesn't have the speed for it and it looked like he would be trying to drive the offense but wasn't thinking about how to drive the offense he wasn't thinking about where he was passing he would do drop back passes there'd be nobody there so he something wasn't right there and he wasn't playing like a legit second line center that was in the prime of his career he was playing pretty mediocre he wasn't scoring uh he wasn't racking up any points and when you look at the roster of the panthers now it seemed like he was the odd man out um you weren't going to move him to the third line there was still some value for him there's still two more years left on his contract so the, the hurricanes will retain him for at least two more years if they choose to do so and he maybe a change of scenery is going to be good for him. Maybe him leaving will be good for the Panthers. Maybe it might get them to wake up and realize that the third spot in the Atlantic Division is a freaking race to the bottom in a sense between them and the Maple Leafs. And for some reason, the Montreal Canadiens and Buffalo Sabres could have a shot at it too, even though the, the Habs... Um, uh, and Sabres really shouldn't be trying to get into this. But uh, I, I, it's it's a sad trade to me. And I don't think it addressed the Panthers' real issue, which was their defense. Um, I know Sergei Bobrovsky hasn't been doing good this season. But uh, their defense in front of Bobrovsky or, or Chris Drieger or... Uh, Sam Montebal, whoever was in that, even David Ayers, you could put David Ayers in there. They would have, uh, they, either way, you can't be giving up five goals per night. You're not going to win at all. The Panthers have been awful, awful uh, giving up goals, and their defense is one of the biggest reasons for it. They have a glut of offensive defensemen, and there you go. And that's what a lot of the hockey media doesn't see about Florida because they don't pay attention to Florida that much. So... Once again, the NHL is kind of like Major League Baseball in that they really suck at promoting other teams, unlike the NBA and the NHL. Um, as far as the other teams are concerned, the Carolina Hurricanes are a winner in this trade deadline. They they traded for their needs. Uh, they got a they got Vincent Trocheck, which could work out for them. Uh, he can move down the line if they if he doesn't work out as a second line center. Um, and they've geared themselves up because they were kind of like they're kind of wavering there uh, kind of in the let's see hold on let me see where they're at right now as far as uh, standings is concerned um, the Panthers sit just outside of a playoff spot behind the Leafs but the Hurricanes are are two points back of the Columbus Blue Jackets but they have three games in hand so they could just zoom right past them if they if they take advantage of this, they're not that far back of the Philadelphia Flyers and the third in the Metropolitan Division, which is uh, arguably the best division in the NHL right now. Uh, well, it probably is, and the most competitive at the same time. So the Hurricanes come out a winner in this trade deadline. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres made a trade which was 
kind of weird that th- that they they even decided to make a trade because they should be sellers. But um, I I think uh, uh, the the New York Rangers signed uh, Kreider. Uh, to an extension, which was huge because there was rumors that he could be traded, but they decided to double up on him. And the Rangers have had a very good run lately uh, to bring themselves back into this playoff conversation. They're only they're only about they're six points back of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they have three games in hand. They could easily win three more games in a row and be right there and be competing for a playoff spot. Artemi Panarin has been doing great with the Rangers. And I, th- I think it was like a vote of confidence for them that, hey, we're going to roll with these guys and we're going to see where we land. And I, and I find it very smart for the New York Rangers to do this because I, and I, I, already, I mapped this out in my head when I saw that they, they signed Kreider was they, the New York Rangers are thinking about next season because this team right now is they're maybe playing a little bit above their heads. But usually NHL teams don't fall off that much the following season. Here, the Rangers, if they finish anywhere between 85 and 90 points to close out the season, there's about 20 games or 21 games left for them. It's very doable that they can make a playoff spot. It's very doable. But if they finish between 85 and 90 or or 90, let's say, that easily places them right uh, ready for next season to be a playoff contender. Um, that's only about, let's say, between five and ten more points for them to get a playoff spot. They can, and they, they play in New York City. They're a free agent destination. They can sign players to get to New York City and play with Panarin. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist is is in the twilight of his career. He's not no longer being the, the full-time starter for the Rangers, which is kind of it's kind of uh, sad seeing that. But at the same time, the Rangers he can play he can be a reliable backup to end out his career, and the Rangers could have one more shot to give him a Stanley Cup. Um, so there's that. Um, the the, I mean, as far as the rest of the league is concerned, uh, the Detroit Tigers, uh, the Tigers, the Red Wings, both teams suck, but, you know, <laughs> either way, the Red Wings uh, selling off some pieces. The Ottawa Senators, the same thing. They're also selling off pieces. They're, they're winners by the fact that they, they made a bunch of trades that got them a bunch of draft picks. And good for them because that's what they should be doing. They need to be stockpiling draft picks because that's the only way that they're going to get out of their their, their current situation um, for as long as they stay in Ottawa. We don't know how that's going to turn out either. Um, and the Vegas Golden Knights also making, uh, I, I would say they're also a winner here. They've, they've aligned themselves now because they, they are one of the hottest teams in the league alongside the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Golden Knights are are running on all cylinders at this point. They fired their coach, and it and Peter DeBoer's there. They've made the trade. He had the trade deadline, and now they're 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 going for it again. They are going for it again. They lead the Pacific Division. 
And I, it's not hard to think, especially in the Western Conference, that the, the Vegas Golden Knights, and they have experience with this, they can make another run at the Stanley Cup. And that's, that, I mean, it's great for the NHL. And, and so I, I'd say the Golden Knights are also a winner in this, in this trade deadline. Uh, so that's that's kind of my talk of the trade deadline. There's other news. Uh, the the Carolina Hurricanes are getting a stadium series game next season. Uh, they're playing out in where's the NC State play? Uh, What's their stadium called? <laughs> Come on, you're college football, dude. I think it's in Raleigh. Well, it is in Raleigh. They play next door to the Hurricanes, and the Hurricanes share with the basketball team. I know NC I, it's, State. It's named after a person, and it's a, <laughs> I think it's a hyphenated stadium as well. Uh, hyphenated stadium, everybody. First sure. name, last names, hyphen, other Carter last Finley. Carter Finley Stadium. Okay. See, I knew it was a it was a hyphenated stadium. <laughs> okay, they're they're going to be playing out there for their their stadium series match. I, I don't think they've named an opponent yet, but I'm not sure. The other news is that, uh, and it was kind of fun how the NHL announced this. They had uh, Joe Maurer and Justin Morneau out. Hey, there you go. Yeah, they were out at uh, Target Field in Minnesota. They were playing catch in a snow-covered field. And they were like, yeah, this is going to be pretty cool. And then uh, they announced they announced that the Minnesota Wild would be hosting the St. Louis Blues for the next Winter Classic on, on New Year's Day. So that's pretty cool. So Minnesota is getting their second outdoor game, and they're getting the Winter Classic, the premier outdoor game. So that's that's a pretty cool thing. We'll we'll see if this if the Wild will do North Stars esque uniforms. That'll be pretty cool. And uh, hmm, and it's a 1987 World Series rematch between the Minnesota Twins and the St. Louis Cardinals. All right. So that's NHL talk. That's all my NHL talk. We've talked a ton of NHL. I um, do have one question on your NHL, ooh, Francisco. Because, yes. you know, I, I try to be a good goof, and I'm trying to get C's, get degrees, so I'm trying to get a C in our learning group sessions. But, you know, I, I keep attention to the free agency. I thought Trocek and what's the other guy, Bobak or whatever his name is, the Babadook, the other guy that you got, the goalie. The other free agent. Oh, well, we guy. got Sergei Bobrovsky as the Bobrovsky. premier goaltender, yeah. Yeah, the, the Broboski is Baba Ganoush, yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought this, you know, because I'm trying to understand, and I can see that in hockey there's a lot of moving pieces. So what was it, that Trocek is just damaged goods and you toss them out, or was it just management kind of freaked out? Well, there's a lot of – there's a conspiracy with Panthers fans that it was a salary cap move, that they're just trying to okay. – it was. And why uh, sign them? Well, well Trocek was already – here with us we drafted him so he was okay he's, that, he's been he's me. been with us for a long time but it was um a lot of the outside nhl media outside of florida really uh media nhl media was thought of it as the panthers raising the white flag thought of it as the panthers being sellers when i think it's the other thing where i i believe dale talon was trying to get defensemen but didn't yeah. even though he missed out on some premier defensemen that were on the table from other teams like the Minnesota Wild and such that 
got them for draft picks. So I think if I had to give Deltown a grade for this trade deadline, I'd say it's an F. I'd... So who's your guy that's going to help you put in there besides our Broboski? It's Barkov, and then who's the other one? Well, okay, Alexander Barkov is our superstar player. He is yes. legit superstar. Um, Jonathan Huberdo has reached star status at this point this season. He's had a career year. Um, Aaron Ekblad is our uh, premier defenseman, and he has had a good season. A lot of Panthers fans criticize him a lot, but he has had a good season. He has improved defensively, which is saying something with this team, uh, especially relatively he's improved as well. So those are our those are the three untouchables, if you if you will. And what's your best case scenario for the remainder of the season if no white flag being waved? Okay, so I mean, there's they have 20 games left, so that's about that's 40 points left on the table. Usually, to get into the playoffs in the NHL, you need about 95, 95 and above. You should be you should get in. The Panthers between the Panthers and the Maple Leafs. 95 might be the max that these guys could get. <laughs> They've been playing. Both teams have been awful. I mean, the freaking Flyers. I mean, the, the, the Leafs lost to a, a Zamboni driver. So <laughs> they're not going to hear the end of that one. The Panthers have squandered opportunity after opportunity. I don't know what's going to happen. The Leafs have elite talent, but they're going to have a lot of cap issues in the future. The Panthers have cap issues now. And their defense sucks, and they don't even know how to move those guys. Both teams are kind of screwed at this point, but it is what it is. They've got what they've got, and they got to move forward with it. Somebody's going to get that spot, and it'd be really funny if it ended up being Buffalo or Montreal. But they, those those teams would have to go on a run, and both teams, the Panthers and the Leafs, have to kind of just suck for the rest of the. Well, they've already sucked, but suck more for the, the end of this uh, this season. Um, so, yeah, but that's that's what what I got for you. As far as Trocek is concerned, he was tripped back in 2016. I will still maintain <laughs> that, but – and I, I wish him well out in Raleigh. He was, a, he was a good guy. He was a good player. You know, he was, he's starting his family. He just got married. He had his first kid. So it's kind of, kind of unfortunate that this happened to him now, but um, – he it just he just wasn't doing it no more, so just a change needed to be made and hopefully, let's see the Panthers play tonight actually against the Arizona Coyotes in a few minutes. So we'll see if it did anything. That's all I got for you for hockey. Yeah. Um. All right. So, hmm. So did you guys see the Kobe tribute? I did. Well, sort of. Some of it. Kind of. Yeah, I, I kind of peeked in and out of it uh, yesterday uh, on on, uh, on Twitter, on uh, Periscope. Michael Jordan's speech was amazing. I don't know if you guys have seen all of it. but I saw Shaq's. Okay. I didn't see uh, Jordan's. You have to see Jordan's because it is – he is – he legit is hurting. He legit was crying, but he he was able to honor Kobe, um, make fun of Kobe, 
make fun of himself. And it was perfect. I, I can't I, I can't do it justice. You have to go see it. It's this uh, that was yesterday was the was the NBA world at least Los Angeles finally saying goodbye to him. Like we've had the initial shock when <laughs> uh, Charles and Andrew are 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 texting me uh, on our Facebook chat as I'm in my underwear in my hotel and I just leap out of my bed to see <laughs> if Kobe Bryant had died and he did. Uh, from me going to Staples Center, from uh, all of the honors, from the Grammys and the Oscars, uh, NBA All-Star Game, the NHL, Major League Baseball, soccer, uh, cricket, I, all types of people from all walks of life honoring Kobe Bryant. And yesterday was uh, the culmination of that. And it was fitting. It was fitting that that it finally... Um, that, that the NBA finally got a chance to honor him and and have some closure there. Um, did you see any of the Dwayne Wade retirement? No. Oh. I moved, so there was a thing <laughs> called new internet, and I typically stream. So I don't, you know, at my lunch or when I was cleaning one house since I had the active internet, I was there, so... The moment I got internet back, which was yesterday, I kind of hit some of the Twitter feed. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, I didn't watch it live. I, of course, saw it across uh, Instagram and Twitter and what have you for the Miami Heat. Uh, and then I saw Pat Riley's speech was, of course, he's he's a, a great orator um, as well. But uh, Dwayne Wade having his three-day ceremony, which for a lot of people seems excessive, but for us, seems only oh. right. I mean, not not to be that guy, but if we're going to pick and choose, you know, there's plenty of players that get always a grandstanding ovation and a lifetime celebration of their retirement right. and everything else in between because God knows Chicago Bulls can never let go of Michael Jordan. Right. Despite the fact he left you for Washington and he bought a team that was in your conference. So give oh. up. It's over. Yeah, well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he it was great. I think we might we had a preview of a future beef history episode for uh, Ray Allen, the Boston Celtics. Oh, it's been so good. I was cracking up when you were. Uh... Follow us on Twitter, by the way, everybody. Yeah. Sports Goofs. At uh, sports yeah. underscore Goofs, our, our main account. Yeah. 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 Frijoles and Charles the True. But yeah. um, the whole uh, Paul Pierce, but at least he didn't what, crab himself. Oh, uh, yeah. There's uh, Boston fans because. The, the issue right now between Ray Allen and the Boston Celtics is whether he deserves his number to be retired. Uh, did, of course Paul, he does. They, they, oh, okay, so Paul Pierce had his number retired because he was – of course, that was a no-brainer. KG has – has he had his yet? I don't think so. I don't think he has. Okay, so, because if KG isn't getting retired, then of course Ray Allen wouldn't. But if KG does, then begs the question, does Ray Allen does? Because of the way Ray Allen left for the Miami Heat. So did you see or slash hear what Udonis Haslam said during the No. Oh and boy. when UD speaks, it says something because oh he's not boy. the craziest guy these days. U- Udonis Haslam is is ready to throw down with the Boston Celtics in retirement with this beef between the Celtics and Ray Allen. Celtics still being pissed off and petty that he left for the Miami Heat 
uh, a better team than they were. Uh, of course, the Celtics didn't want him at that point. They were they were about to trade him, so I don't know what the deal is, you know. Uh, in any case, Udonis Haslam was like, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, Dwayne's retired, Chris Bosh is retired, Ray Allen's retired, you know, Udonis Haslam's at the end of his career, and uh, yeah, they're they're ready to throw down on the streets <laughs> against the Boston Celtics if. If ever so such a situation were to happen, so that was really some beauty. Yeah, and and Ray Allen didn't really like quell the uh, the, the 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 sentiments of of uh, Udonis Haslam there. He was kind of like going along with it. So you know, and Ray Allen has made his home down here in Miami now. So he has retired to Miami. He has not uh, gone back to Boston. So we'll see. We'll see how this beef moves along. Let's touch on that for two seconds because I think we can. How are you as Celtics fans going to say, oh, you can retire um, Paul Pierce's number. You may be able to retire retire Garnett, but you're not going to do it for Ray. When your GM, your savior, and I do a quotation mark because I like the Celtics and what they're doing, but they're not really going to get past the second round, trade away Paul Pierce and trade away Kevin Garnett. I mean, granted, it worked out well for their boom, but where's your loyalty? So if, you're, if your organization conducted a business, then why can't you respect Ray Allen for conducting a business? Is it because he went against the team you couldn't really ever beat once they got together? Right. Yeah. That, I mean, that's it. That's exactly it. I mean, so hold on. I'm looking at Kevin Garnett's career here. So he spent six seasons, 396 games with the Boston Celtics. That's, I mean, and his last season, six seasons. I mean, nowadays with free agency, that's that's kind of a lot. But let's take a look at Ray Allen. So Ray Allen, who is the first one that shows up here on Basketball Reference. Right? Are they also mad that Ray has more Ray rings than Kevin Garnett and uh, Paul Pierce? He's got the two. So, yes. yeah. And, once and again, he actually contributed. And he was able to hold his bowels. Paul Poo Poo Pierce yeah, exactly. once again yeah Paul Pierce couldn't hold it in alright Pierce. Roberto yeah, Luongo as Andrew and I have covered last week Roberto Luongo was able to get off the ice take all of his goalie gear off and was able to poop during a game and made it to the toilet in time okay uh, Ray Allen who just has shorts and I don't know if he goes commando or not but he has maybe, at most, two lines of clothing. Couldn't make it to a toilet. And he was on the floor and wasn't wearing ice skates. I, I mean... You mean Paul Pierce. I mean, it was gosh darn it, Paul Pierce. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. But yeah. Well, it's not, you know, Ray Allen can control his bowels. Good oh, no. He's he's fantastic at controlling his bowels. I mean, gosh darn it. I mean, when you shoot from over there, you are not... I mean, there is no BS there at all. Um, yeah. Uh, Ray Allen... Uh, veins filled with ice and yeah and and shorts not filled with feces <laughs> you deserve to have your number retired wherever you go i mean and that's the thing that was kind of the debate is where would ray allen get his number retired if he were to because he spent seven seasons with the milwaukee bucks the most they made it was that 2001 eastern conference finals against uh allen iverson um and that that was a seven game series 
he spent five seasons with Boston, 358 games, five with Seattle, the Supersonics, but 296 games, and only two with the Miami Heat. Now, the Miami Heat have a precedent already set. Shaquille O'Neal, let's see. Let me see officially. But Shaquille O'Neal was traded to the Heat for the 2004-2005 season, right? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he, let's see, subsequently spent four-ish seasons with the Miami. It was really three, three-ish. He, um, 205 games. So Ray Allen almost played the same amount of games with the Heat as he did, as Shaq did with the Heat. And Shaq has his number retired with the Miami Heat. I think it just boils down to, like, look, uh, what's his name? Kevin Durant. Okay. He got his number retired, and he played what three seasons? Wait, Kevin Durant? Yeah, he's still playing. No, but with, yeah. sorry, with Golden State, Oklahoma. He he played I think three or so seasons with Golden State, and his number has been retired. Wait. Oh, has it? They retired his number? Yeah, look it up. Oklahoma. I thought it was Oklahoma that did, or they were talking about doing it. But he's still active. Well. Oh. Look, uh, I, I mean, uh, I could be wrong. Or they, or they, they vis- verbally already say that his number is basically retired. Probably that. I mean, I don't, I don't remember. Know. I mean, I just know that. I, I thought... mean, it could be out of circulation, meaning they will retire anyways. I think that's what it might be. But either, hold on, Kevin Durant. Uh, okay, yeah, they will retire it. You are right. Like he was there for three years, but two championships in those three years. But so I think it. I think for short-term guys like that, I think it's their championship impact. Well, well, it makes sense. This is a Pat Riley thing, though, because you guys got to understand something. Pat Riley always is trying to get that that white well to come in in the free agency. He's saying we reward winners with mm-hmm. their legacy. Contribute to this team. You could be a mid-season trade and probably get your number retired. Chris Berman Anderson and his kitty porn on his hard drive overseas is probably going to get his number retired. Oh, That's God. a controversy that we could talk oh, about boy. one day. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> then Pat's like, I don't care. Um, uh, let it be, Ray. Yeah. Let us do it. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, and of course, there's the ultimate Ray Bork. <laughs> who got his number retired by the Colorado Avalanche? For... He wasn't even there for a full season. Exactly. So there's that. Uh, I guess the NBA. We'll see what the Raptors do, because I can see them retiring Kawhi just for that one season alone. Okay. I mean, they should just name a city after him. <laughs> Go um, ahead. So, and that this is a perfect transition because Andrew has just had a victory with Rey Mysterio. We shall head on off to the cage. What a, what a special cage is going to be. All right, let's get that <laughs> graphic going. Let me go. And, uh, how do we want to do this? Welcome, everybody, to the Cage with Charles, your weekly Trueplex full disclaimer. Wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It's a story of many things. It is a dance. It is a ballet. Granted, I think it was Billy Graham who said he didn't believe in that, but I don't care what Billy Graham says because he's just roided out old man. You know, it's a story about men, uh, not that superstar Billy Graham. There was a wrestler name to it. I'll, oh, I'll give okay. that to you on like a back when it was the WWWF. Don't worry, I got a history lesson I can do All for right. you guys. Not on Good him today, job. though. Um, 
not him, not not today for him, because there's other things we talk about. But as I always say, wrestling could be about many things: chasing championships, David versus Goliath, the love of man, the love of woman, just purely beating the holy crap out of each other. And you guys, we're gonna start this off by what I always kind of mention here is that um, it is Ric Flair's birthday. Let us all Ooh, praise the. Today's his birthday. He's 71 years old, and I'm very happy that he's around because I remember when he had that incident a couple of years ago uh, that he was nearly going to die. It was near my birthday time, and I think it would have killed me to have Ric Flair, the man who associates an iconicness of wrestling for NWA, National Wrestling Alliance, WCW, World Championship Wrestling, and the WWE slash WWF to go around my birthday time. So, Rick, I'm glad you're not dead, and I'm glad you don't have a birthday. I'm glad that you get to do 71. You have imparted many legacies here, aside from being loved everywhere, regionally, nationally, internationally. You also are pretty good at getting people to convince themselves to buy Sabor Hummus. You have produced a child in wrestling named Charlotte Flair, who is now set to challenge Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship because <laughs> it's WrestleMania season, and you know what that means. A lot of sign pointing. She was also the winner of Rumble. You got people who just, you know, walk and talk like you. You kiss, stealing, uh, you know, limousine riding, jet flying, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun. Woo! You know, the guy would give the most intense promos. I remember studying for the bar exam. I have like a highlight going on in the background oh. right now. Oh, I was watching that earlier today with the guys at work, and I was cracking up because Ric Flair is known for the woo, and he's known for his best fat, you know, catchphrases. To be the man, you got to beat the man. He's known for his figure four leg lock. The man is known to have 16 recognized world championships amongst the WWF from his time with WWF, WWE, WCW, NWA. Rick was great at being a fantastic loser because he could hype you up in his promos, give you a good match. You want to see some stuff? Go watch him versus Ricky Dragon Steamboat in their WCW days for the U.S. Championship, Heavyweight Championships. It was fantastic. His match, even his old age, you can put on a good match. His match with Shawn Michaels and his retired match was great. He even had a weird match on Cyber Sunday versus Triple H for the Intercontinental Championship and just killed it. I'm like, what the hell? You're still going at Rick. I have a pop of him in my office, and it offends a lot of people at work. I really don't care because they know they know that and then you know side story there was a like an employee of the year uh competition in which i was nominated in, and i came in with the rick flair persona because guys i have the big gold belt one of the things i purchased uh being a lawyer and ridiculously spending my money because i don't have wife and kids and this is the reason why i can buy cool stuff i have that big wcw title and i came in with his persona and like the suit and jacket with the sunglasses i wore my contacts that day i was just doing four horsemen uh hand gestures he's known for his four horsemen stable which has a myriad of people in there usually arn anderson tully blanchard and a few other ones also known for being in evolution with randy Orton, randy orton batista and triple h and now he's just kind of there sounding like uh you know lee corso's other drunk brother because rick's a little up there in age He's gotten married like four or five times. And when I was studying for the bar exam, I watched two kind of promos to get me hyped in the final two weeks. Good luck to everybody taking the floor bar uh, this week. And it was his promos. And it was the Macho Man Randy Savage promos because I need that intensity sometimes. So that's my big diatribe or, uh, you know, soapbox for Ric Flair. Into the wrestling world. 
things are kicking into full gear with AEW Revolution. I'm going with them first to get out of the way. Their pay-per-view is kind of being set out because it's sometime this week on Sunday. You have Chris Jericho going against John Moxley for the AEW All Elite Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship. Who's going to win? I kind of think they're going to pull a sneaky on us, gentlemen. I think... Chris Jericho's going. They want to build up John Moxley to make it seem like he's going to do it with the former Dean Ambrose. And I don't know. I think they're going to create this. I mean, he's in a faction. Chris Jericho's in a faction, meaning he's in a stable. He's got Florida dudes getting his back, and he has apparently Jeff Cobb, who's a fantastic wrestler, freelancing from New Japan and here, go around and being like his uh, his assassin. So I'm I'm telling you, I'm like, put the take. Everything. Pull the rug from under our feet as fans and make us want to see this guy want to lose the belt more in of itself in Chris Jericho. They got the AEW Tag Championships online. Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page versus the Young Bucks. These four guys are like best friends in real not and real life. Three of them are the vice presidents of All Elite Wrestling in real life. And the story is about destroying their little club that they have called the Elite. Uh, it's something that had propelled them when they were in Ring of Honor in New Japan. It's something that's propelling them now. And it's all classic storytelling where Hangman Page is either going to go full heel and betray Kenny Omega if they lose the titles, or or you have them retain their championships and tell the Young Bucks, you guys can go buck yourself because we are the true champions here. You have Cody versus MJF. And here's the thing. I wasn't here last week, so I couldn't speak about something that happened. And Cody went against Wardlow in a steel cage match. These have been terms and conditions that MJF said, hey, you have to do this in order to get a match with me. Moi, the cool guy, the Maxwell Jacob Freeman. Part of it was the 10 lashes with his belt. Um, it was very graphic. Go see yourself. But Cody, they had their first steel cage match introduced on Dynamite. And then Cody did a pretty awesome moonsault off of it. People need to calm down sometimes because it's just a moonsault off a cage but it was a i'm not gonna look back it was a trust fall it was pretty good do i think cody's gonna win yeah mjf though if he won could really piss off some people nyla rose versus chris statlander eh eh AEW's women's division is not too good yet they need the roster and then dustin rose the former gold dust is going against jake hager the former jack swagger we the people from wwe that's revolution why because we're not just getting one pay-per-view this week gentlemen we got another one that's right we got the uh the blood money pay-per-view in saudi arabia super oh, showdown God. yeah i was looking and, here on the tw on the tweets here and so, you know some AEW fans are like yeah or wrestling fans are like i'd rather watch the AEW revolution than the blood money what's going on over there but yeah well i agree and it's not because of political preferences and it's not even because of i like AEW more than wwe AEW still needs to impress me it's just the card really isn't there you guys there's a lot of no nonsense matches going on and there's also the fear the fear of something's gonna happen that's supremely gonna anger a lot of people me and my buddy have money on it and this is the gist for the Universal Championship, because what does the Saudi Arabia crowd like, or anybody really, you like the old school draws. You have the Fiend Bray Wyatt, which you guys know was my lifeblood in 2019, aside mm -hmm. from Kofi Mania, kicking into full gear. He's defending his Universal Championship against who, you ask? Is it Roman Reigns? Nah. Is it John Cena? Nah. It's against Goldberg. That's right. Goldberg. You see how excited you are because you guys don't know wrestling? Goldberg was I'm, this I'm monster of a beast in WCW. That's cool to see. All right, we Goldberg got this. Set. You see? There you go, because fans love nostalgia, and this is the problem. 
Vince McMahon panics. He panics like, you know, uh, Dr. Strangelove and people in the war room. That's Vince right now because Goldberg came back for a story rung against Brock Lesnar back in 2016, 2017 ends up getting a universal championship out of Kevin Owens at the sacrifice of my boy. I feel like the Godfather where I'm like, look what they did to my boy, my child loses to Brock in a pretty fun WrestleMania match. I'm not going to lie. And then he had a botch in last Saudi Arabia pay-per-view against the undertaker, which was a bad match. Like not badass. It was just bad. Goldberg's like 53. He couldn't go there. It's like 130 degrees. He hadn't wrestled in two years. It was no bueno. He came back in SummerSlam to squash uh, Dolph Ziggler, but it's a squash match. It's just looking like an animal. But now I'm scared because now I'm thinking that this 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 character of the fiend, whom I've loved, because you get duality. You get Daniel Bryan, or not Daniel Bryan. You get Daniel Bryan being a victim of the Bray Wyatt, but you get Bray Wyatt coming in with a Firefly Funhouse, looking like Mr. Rogers, uh, you know, disciple of evil. And then he turns into this little demonic thing or devil thing, whatever the hell you want to call it these days. I wouldn't even know how to explain it. Only Bray does against Goldberg, who is this unstoppable kick-ass machine from his run in WCW going like 198 and 0, and who they met on SmackDown, you guys, last Friday. And the Fiend just speared, got speared by Goldberg, and then the lights went dark, and the Fiend disappeared. So you're like, oh, no, is Vince going to do it? Because with the, with the monster like the Fiend, you don't really get the type of wrestling that some people might see, the technical wrestling. Mind you, go watch Daniel Bryan versus the Fiend in the strap match in Royal Rumble. You'll thank me for it. I'll send you guys highlights or anybody else listen there. But is he going to do it? Because my concern, and this is what I got money on, I don't think – the Fiend's going to win. I want him to win, but I think Vince is going to twitch out, freak out, put the strap on Goldberg, and have Goldberg go against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and then become Spear City, and it's going to be oh, terrible. Be oh, but it's going to be so bad. It's going to be so bad because the, the natural storyline for Roman is that he had leukemia, relinquished his title, and got it back. Other matches, mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet, they're doing pretty good with it, but we know this is a real throwaway match, but this is your David... Goliath, he's going to make Ricochet look a little good, and then he's going to destroy him at the end, to which Drew McIntyre comes out and says, hey, I'm going to kick your head off because that's what we've been doing. Tag Team Championships, Seth Rollins and Murphy, who was used to be Buddy Murphy last week, but Vince has this weird thing of getting rid of people's names. Like, mind you, the name Buddy really doesn't really strike me as an intimidating thing because you right. kind of look like a uh, a chode, for yeah. lack of a better word, yeah. when you have a name like Buddy. <laughs> hey, but he's buddy. Australian. Like we give him fantastic breath. Like... Buddy, we love you. We love you, Buddy Murphy. Well, yeah, against the Street Profits, I actually say call the Street Profits winning just because it's going to lead to the AOP, who is part of Seth Rollins and his Monday Night Messiah faction, which I love, by the way. I just love the name of it. I'm an easily gimmick kind of guy. You know, Seth Rollins is coming in with, like, this fur kind of coat-looking thing with a single black glove doing the man bonus sort of things. He's looking like evil Jesus, if that's possible. He's <laughs> evil wrestling Jesus. There you go. Um, New Day versus John Morrison, The Miz. Eh, eh, I love me some New Day, but... I think this match kind of lost steam and that anticipation. King Corbin versus Roman Reigns, Steel Cage. Can we just be done with this feud? This stuff has been going on since, like, October, you guys. And they had, like, a Falls Count Anywhere match, so why should that be even better than a Steel Cage match? The storyline makes no sense. They're saying, Burns, like, hey, you couldn't beat me without your boys' help, but you had your boys there, too. It should really just be a brawl for all, hit you with weapons, first blood match. Bailey versus Naomi. Okay, so we're going to go controversy, not controversy. There are rumors because you guys know about the flight from hell that happened in the last Saudi uh, pay-per-view back in October. And mind you, this is all speculation. I'll state that to everybody now. It's all speculation. But they had plane issues. Well, 
are the plane issues because what's the issue in Saudi Arabia? Um, you know, women and stuff like that and women wrestling and it, it caused a lot of problems. That's the rumor. Is this going to happen again? Because it really pissed off a uh, lot of the actual wrestlers. Yeah, I, I think the, the scare now is the freaking virus at this point. Sheesh. That too. Well, yeah. that too. You know, so yeah, I mean, and that's going to affect their international stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on, but you know, is this going to bother the actual employees of the WWE if you have another fiasco like that because of different ideologies, beliefs? I don't know. I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole, a ten a ten thousand foot pole. But what I'm saying is that there's competition now out there. Are these free agents who are like they want to view how they're being treated by their employer? versus other players because it's no longer just an isolated tyrannical monopoly that is Vince Vincent Kennedy McMahon and then last but not least the two-wake trophy gauntlet match this serves no purpose there's been kind of like put in some stuff their storylines are not coming in there it's gonna be Rey Mysterio versus R-True versus AJ Styles versus Andrade versus Eric and Bobby Lashley it's probably gonna go to Rey Mysterio because everybody else kind of has their own thing going on Andrade is the U.S. champ Rowan just got beat by Alistair Black in the second time. AJ Styles is going to be feuding with Alistair Black. And let me tell you guys something. That's a wrestling wet dream right there. And I'm so ready for next Monday. Bobby Lashley, maybe he wins it. He gets a payoff for, you know, the storyline of him and Rusev, where he basically marries Rusev's real-life wife. Vince is kind of weird. Heyman's kind of weird. And I, I just say give it to Ray. You know, Ray's an old draw. We love Goldberg. We love a little bit of Ray Ray. He's not my favorite wrestler because he's like 44 now and he's kind of beat up. But you like a little bit of good entertainment. And that's – and, you know, tune in Thursday, you guys. You might get some of my live little text messages to you or messages to you because it's weird to have those pay-per-views at 12 noontime here yeah. on a Thursday. I, I'm, but is I, I have here get done? like the schedule of stuff here. I mean Monday was Raw, Tuesday – and uh, the NWA Power, AEW Dark, and Impact Wrestling. Wednesday, NXT and Dynamite. Uh, and then Thursday is the Super Showdown. Friday, SmackDown. And Saturday, Revolution. So, yeah. What I will say is this one other thing, because I like, because I wasn't here last week, so I could touch upon it. The other weekend, NXT TakeOver Portland. Several matches were great. It was a fantastic pay per view. Not a lot of matches disappointed. Uh, two highlight matches, or I'm, I'm just going to give you three of the highlight matches. You had Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. Fantastic. I'll give that a four. Finn Balor is kind of rejuvenating himself now with a new character. He won. Spoiler alert. Other match that was good, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly of the Undisputed Era lost their tag team championships to Pete Dunne and um, Matt Riddle. Very fun match. You gave the belts to a new-blooded team joined together. Hopefully this restacks their division. And then the other highlighted match, Tommaso Ciampa versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. Ciampa almost won it, you guys. And then Johnny Gargano, Johnny Five Star, Johnny Wrestling betrayed his buddy that they were cool. Hit him with the title belt, and Ciampa lost. So we're going to get them at their WrestleMania takeover match, which I think is going to be a hell of a sell. Do I agree with the decision? Not so much, because I would have had it where Ciampa won, and then you finish off Johnny versus Ciampa in a cage match or hell in a cell. But I think... Adam Cole's got to lose it to another guy, and that man is the Velveteen Dream, and we'll be talking about that man soon. <laughs> uh, I love oh, when boy. I love your I love these segments. Okay. They're amazing. Yeah, that's and that's all you got. That's all I got. All righty. I'm so, tapping out. Okay, so uh, I think that's all we got for for today ourselves. So, uh, thanks everybody. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. It's always a pleasure having you. Fantastic. And that's it. So, ciao. Good night, everyone.
See you later. Here's your winner, Ed!